Welcome to the Flourish with Neural Retraining podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Lowry, founder of Twin Cities Neural Retraining and a certified MAP method practitioner specializing in allergies and sensitivities, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, sleep issues, infertility, autoimmunity, and other chronic health conditions. Join me for episode 48, where we talk with my client, Tenna Strock who is interested in the MAP method to address immune and limbic system dysregulation, as well as chronic Epstein-Barr virus and sensitivities. Hear about the benefits she experienced from four sessions, including mental-emotional shifts and improvement of her physical symptoms. Now, in this episode, we discuss MAP in relation to hypnosis and EMDR. So let me say a few words about this here. The MAP method is a holistic mind-body practice that has been described as a quantum leap over the energy psychology methods such as EFT or tapping and EMDR. It is not hypnosis, though it does require a relaxed state similar to meditation. The client is awake and alert throughout the session. The MAP instructions offered by the practitioner to your subconscious mind during a session are plain language instructions such as, please find all the memories related to the subject for this session and neutralize them. As always, we must disclaim that the information we share in the podcast is for educational purposes only. As MAP method practitioners, we do not diagnose or treat disease. Instead, we work with the person and the personality to optimize health. Now, let's hear from Tenna. Welcome, Tenna. I'm so happy to have you join me to have this conversation. We have worked together for just a few months, I think about four sessions. And um, already Mm -hmm. I can tell that you are really gifted and that, um, you know, that your insights about these sessions we've done together with the MAP method will be so helpful for people to hear about. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So happy to be here and so happy to share as well. Yeah. So let's get started by just talking a little bit about, you know, how you heard about this method for neural retraining called the MAP method. Um, I think I initially discovered you on a podcast And I believe that I then um, went to the website and, you know, read about a lot of the research behind the method and was really curious with regards to how that would work um, in someone that had kind of chronic illness symptoms, which is what I was dealing with for a long time. Um, And I had really tried so many of the kind of conventional approaches, um, such as I believe you had as well when you had some stuff going on with your own health. Um, But I had just tried all these different methods of, you know, healing my gut and, um, you know, detoxing with various kind of like microbials. 
Um, I had like a bit of a complex health picture at the time. I had reactivated Epstein-Barr with a kind of backdrop of mold exposure, which I think is quite common um, that once, you know, um, the system is kind of like under threat, other things will be allowed to flare up. Um, and I also had clinically leaky gut. So I was having a lot of reactions to different foods. Um, I was just generally living day to day with a lot of chronic symptoms. I'd say for me, um, the main manifestation of um, chronic Epstein-Barr and mold exposure was kind of low level flu-like symptoms that I would have on and off. And it would be really brought on a lot um, toward the kind of end of my healing journey, just by foods that I didn't agree with um, or by stress. And I was really at wit's end when I found the method because I was just struggling to really get those things under control. Because of course in life, you know, we're going to be exposed to stress and we're probably going to have sensitivities to foods, you know, but for me, that was actually sending me down um, into the domain of like, you know, chronic illness because I just kept getting these symptoms from these specific things. So I was really looking for something that would help me reset my limbic system after kind of becoming aware of the connection between, you know, chronic illness and the dysregulated limbic system. Um, and that was uh, really what led me to the treatment. Um, and I think, you know, having been someone that had read so much about, you know, how to essentially treat chronic health problems, you know, it really made a lot of sense to me how the treatment worked. And I think that was another um, thing that really, you know, made me go for it because it made sense to me that that would be such a huge part of the healing journey. So I think you're referring to the, like the mind body aspect of yeah. the sessions. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about how you understand that to work, how it might be that working with the mind might have some effect on physical symptoms ex experienced in the body? Mm -hmm. So I was learning throughout my, my own health journey that every time my nervous system was dysregulated, my immune system would fall because essentially, you know, they are kind of two branches of the same thing. Um, and one will, you know, impact the other. So, you know, I was learning that if I was able to better regulate my nervous system, my immune system wouldn't fall as much. And therefore anything that I had like lurking, you know, in the body physically, such as like, you know, dormant Epstein-Barr or, you know, whatever kind of bacteria that might be, you know, overgrown in, in certain areas, if I was able to just, you know, maintain a nervous system that was less dysregulated, my immune system would then be able to kind of keep those things under wraps. But still, you know, to this day, that is now the only time that I'm dealing with kind of chronic symptoms, um, which is when my nervous system gets severely dysregulated through emotional upset or stress um, luckily it's become a lot um, stronger and that I credit to the MAP method so you know before very small things such as like for instance maybe even taking a stressful call with my boss would be enough to just 
put me out for days with flu-like symptoms because my immune system would just immediately fall. Whereas now it's a little bit more robust and I might have a day or two feeling a little bit off, but I'm not, I, I'm not going to have full on like symptoms in the way that I did. Um, so I think my understanding of working with the nervous system and obviously regulating the limbic system is that then you're immediately strengthening the immune system. Right. Yeah. So you brought up a couple of good, really important points. So, you know, the nervous system really is an extension of our brain. And so um, when we talk about the limbic system, we are talking about that danger sensing part of the brain. It's yeah. fairly primitive part of the brain, but it evolved to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. And for some of us, um, we've had life experiences that cause that danger sensing part of the brain to be really keyed up, you know, hyper vigilant mm-hmm. or hyper alert. And when you have a very- That would definitely be me. I'd fall into that category for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. When you have that really activated um, part of the brain, it starts to see small threats as big threats, right? Mm-hmm. And, and because the brain is the boss of the immune system, right? The brain coordinates the function of all the systems of the body, including the immune system. When the danger sensing system of your brain, the limbic system is overreacting to every little threat, then it is, it is directing the immune system to also overreact. And it can, we call it immune system dysregulation because mm-hmm. it can overreact to things that are relatively harmless to us, like- Exactly. While at the same time underreacting to things that are harmful to us, mm-hmm. like mold or like viruses or bacteria, so it's um, the priorities aren't you know aren't really mm-hmm. r- correct, and because the immune system is being called out to attack these relatively benign things like things that we're breathing like pollen, or foods or you know chemicals. Um, that are in our daily lives, it's like the immune system is exhausting itself, trying to fight all these false foes and doesn't have the resources to really address the true threats, which are mm-hmm. bacteria, viruses, you know, and, and, and other, you know, true, true invaders. Um, yeah. So, and, and then I guess I should say that, that what I see is that people who have a significant lifetime history of painful emotional experiences or trauma experiences, they tend to be the people who have the more activated limbic systems. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I would certainly relate to that. I actually didn't really put that piece of the puzzle together until you know very late into my health journey I kind of really knew intrinsically when my health went downhill that it was due to having very recently had a traumatic experience I'd had like a very recent um, emergency surgery which had really scared me due to you know kind of personal fears around surgery and personal fears around 
um, something being wrong with me physically, all that kind of thing. It really hit on a lot of my my kind of fear points. Um, and that was about three, four months before my health really took a turn for the worse. So I knew intrinsically on some level that that traumatic experience had had a hand to play in my health going downhill. I knew that on just a very kind of like primal level, but I didn't know how that was the interesting thing. And it wasn't until much later in my health journey where I realized that my immune system had obviously become dysregulated. And I knew it was to do with the nervous system. Again, very late in the health journey, I made that connection, probably just around the time that I discovered MAP. And that was really what drove me to the MAP method because it made so much sense to me because I'd realized that my nervous system had a hand to play in what was going on. Um, But, you know, at that point, I really kind of like took into consideration some of my earlier childhood experiences. Um, and, you know, I realized that I lived in a household with parents who both had heavily dysregulated nervous systems um, in their own ways, um, partly because of each other. <laughs> and that was my, you know, environment. And that was kind of where my own nervous systems formed in that environment. And I think I had the luxury of having an incredibly stable, um, uh, a very stable life and very stable life circumstantially throughout my 20s in the sense of really having a lot of, you know, support around me. I had incredibly, you know, close friendships. I was in and out of very long-term stable romantic relationships, always living with a partner. Um, I was living in my, you know, essentially my hometown of London. Um, my parents and myself had a, you know, relatively decent on the surface relationship. And I had also financial support. So I think my adverse childhood experiences didn't really have a chance to take hold until my circumstances completely altered. And I found myself living on the other side of the world in Los Angeles, where I live now, on my own without any support network not being really in touch with either of my parents because of their own mental health problems. And suddenly the picture of, you know, my nervous system and how it functions in the world changed. And I think it kind of reverted back to really how it was formed, which was in a dysregulated way. I think my twenties were really this kind of cushion where even though I had a dysregulated nervous system, I was able to really kind of overcome that just because circumstantially everything was so solid around me. And the minute that those circumstances changed, I think the adverse childhood experiences really reared their heads. Um, And my nervous system, I think, like reverted back to how it had been wired from day one, which was in a dysregulated way. So that's kind of how I made sense of why you know, I had been someone that hadn't struggled with chronic health issues really in my adult life until, you know, my early thirties. And then suddenly out of nowhere, they appeared, you know, and on the surface of things, I kind of thought, oh, it was just this one traumatic experience of this surgery that sent me down this road. But now I know that actually I was always prone to dysregulation and all it took was the perfect storm of circumstances for that to happen. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's saying a lot there. Um, and thank you for sharing that. I hope that wasn't too much. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's really important because I think for people who are listening, 
though their story may not look like your story, they may relate to, you know, what you're describing, um, the conditions that set you up for having a dysregulated um, limbic system and therefore immune system and how it, you can have good health for a while, right? But yeah. something happens yeah. and the level of stress is too much. I don't know. It just exceeds some kind of threshold level. Absolutely. Yeah. It puts you right back there. So you heard about the MAP method in interview mm -hmm. and, um, and so you came to have some one-on-one -on -one sessions with me. Uh, over zoom because you know you live in los angeles i live mm -hmm. in minneapolis but um it, tell me what you were hoping to resolve with the map method well i guess um you know i initially was drawn to map because i had been seeking out emdr and i remember an an email that I sent to the first ever therapist that I sought out for EMDR that I never ended up doing the treatment with. And essentially the MAP method really like filled that hole. Um, because, you know, as you've told me, MAP is just an evolved, an evolved version of EMDR. Um, but, you know, one of the first emails that I sent with regards to myself getting treatment mentioned the fact that I knew that I had a dysregulated nervous system and you know that I knew as well had stemmed from you know childhood stuff and obviously you know the stress that I'd been through as an adult especially kind of compounded into a certain period um, and that was really you know what I was seeking treatment for like I you know came to the map method really to kind of try and you know regulate my nervous system and then to essentially alleviate the physical symptoms that were happening but you know even if I hadn't been having physical symptoms you know I probably still would have sought out treatment just because on a kind of mental emotional level I could I could tell that I was dysregulated anyway, even without the physical symptoms. So I was kind of hoping to resolve the physical side of things, but I was also really wanting to just treat the root, which was regulating my nervous system, you know, not going into fight or flight so easily, um, you know, not kind of just feeling, um, you know, incredible stress at the drop of a hat or incredible fear about something at the drop of a hat, you know, that kind of thing. Like I was really looking to kind of, you know, treat the root, um, which is that my nervous system was dysregulated. So you came to your first MAP method session. Um, in the first session, we usually work with an emotional memory, something, mm -hmm. an intense emotional memory. And, um, I don't remember what, what memory we chose, but do, what do you remember? Or I guess, what, what, what do you find memorable, you know, about your MAP method sessions? Yeah, I think, um, you know, generally the process for me has been um, very consistent throughout all of them. And the same thing will happen. However, one of the first sessions that we had, something quite different happened. Um, this was the session where 
I think, um, if I remember correctly, we tried to kind of rewire this fear that I'd had around being unwell and alone, which was really at the root of the trauma associated with the surgery that I had to go through. It was kind of stemming from this, from this idea that, you know, I was kind of like alone. And it's funny because in my, you know, day-to-day life, I love to be alone. But the minute you put me in a danger situation, if I'm alone, for me, that is very, very scary. Um, and I think that probably stemmed having then gone, you know, gone into this um, route with the MAP method. I think that probably stemmed from being left alone in childhood quite a lot. Um, and what happened for me during that session, which was quite unique and didn't really happen the same way in any of the, any of the others, is that actually when I was um, mid-treatment, instead of potentially just seeing the memories being brought forward like a kind of Rolodex which is what will happen in some of the other sessions and you're essentially shown what it is that has created this phobia or fear or trauma which is very interesting because sometimes you'll be seeing memories that you've not encountered for like 30 odd years in my case but in this particular instance I remember actually seeing my brain reorganizing things myself from within the treatment. So I was laying there and, you know, I was of course seeing the images of the times that I had been on my own and scared as a child, most probably scared. And my brain actually then brought forward for me other people that I had forgotten had been there with me. And I'd forgotten because they weren't my parents. They weren't my primary caregivers. So my primal limbic system and nervous system, you know, would only kind of really you know, allocate kind of like value to the primary caregiver being there and they weren't there. So over the years, you know, those memories had become kind of like scary, I'm alone, you know, phobia, trauma type memories. However, the brain brought forward and showed me all these other people that were with me, such as my sister or like, you know, you know, the nanny or whoever it was, my grandmother, you know, my parents would always leave me with somebody else. And that was a a healing moment for me because I could see that actually my fear was, was redundant. You know, I hadn't been left on my own all those times. My brain had just seen it like that because it wasn't my parents. So that was a moment in treatment that was so unique. Um, I had never and haven't yet to date been kind of actively shown something else by my brain. Um, so that would be what, like a unique experience that I've had with Matt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that now. Mm. I, I, I think, you know, it, it, that's kind of an example of like the stories that we tell ourselves, you know, consciously or mm-hmm. unconsciously, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like that I was alone and it was scary and no one was there to support me. I was unsupported. Um, and that made the whole thing feel very panicky or traumatizing. And, and yet, you know, as you described, your brain has the ability to, um, to I don't know, to, to, to neutralize those, those beliefs and the memory structures that are associated with them and to actually create a new, more empowering belief and a new memory structure to go with it. Yeah. 
and it exactly. does it all by itself. Yeah, it does it all by itself. Yeah, no one I had, you know, no one had asked for that, but it was, mm. it was, it was like you're, you're, you know, I, I was giving some kind of instructions, and your brain went, oh, you know, I know what to do with this, and it just did it, and it, like you said, it's, it's a healing moment orchestrated by your own subconscious mind. It's fascinating, yeah, yeah. it's fascinating. Yeah, it is fascinating because you see each person, you know, their response to the instructions is different. It's entirely, you know, based on their own experiences, their own goals for what they want to accomplish, and then what their subconscious mind decides the best solution is. Yeah. Right. And so we're we're kind of seeing. um, Yeah, it was fascinating. And, you know, because with some of the other sessions you're aware that something is being kind of like nullified you know you're aware that something's maybe being taken away but that was the only session where something was kind of added you know where I had this new information which Mm -hmm. was so unique yeah right like so your brain was like showing you no you yeah right you had this yeah yeah and so that allows you to change that story right exactly exactly and I think like that on a cellular level you know will affect like your you know deepest recesses physically you know the body will just suddenly interpret its past differently you know it reminds me a lot of the work of Joe Dispenza which I'm sure some of your listeners are familiar with Um, but he talks a lot about you know essentially your your rewiring the past um and you can do that from the present you know which is what's so fascinating yes yes maybe you can talk a little bit more about um you know what your ex- so that was an exceptional experience but what would you say the um the process feels like most of the time maybe you can just describe that to people who yeah session. yeah yeah I guess um you know I would say the process feels quite similar to hypnosis mm-hmm. even though I've never had hypnosis myself and I know that in hypnosis you're slightly less conscious than I think you probably are in map um but my brain definitely goes offline in a way that it goes online, but it goes offline from the kind of, you know, from the room, from the surrounding noises become very distant. Um, you know, you kind of enter a different plane, like you enter a different astral plane when the treatment is taking place. And that happens really from the absolute get go. It's as if the body has just consciously gone, okay, like I know what's happening here. Like I'm going to go to this different place. Um, so it's very instantaneous, you know, it's almost like if you were getting like a general anesthesia, I don't mean in the sense of the severity of being unconscious. I mean that it happens very fast. You know, it's like you get into the session within five or six seconds or just in a different place, uh, mentally and physically, you just feel like, you know, you're in a deep meditate, you're in a deep meditative state and it happens very quickly. And then as the session begins um what will happen for me is that I will have a lot of very rapid eye movements in the first minute and it feels a little bit like you're kind of going through a tunnel at rapid speed and it's like a tunnel into your psyche um and I'm a writer and poet so please excuse the terminology um but that has been my experience of it and that is every single time and the rapid eye movements will essentially 
kind of slow roll to a stop at one point. And that's when you are in this kind of very, what I would probably call impressionable state. And I believe that's when you're probably like within the subconscious or able to essentially work with the subconscious. Um, and you know that you're there because you've kind of just gone through this journey of, you know, you're, you're, you're moving toward a different kind of plane. Um, and once you've arrived, then I have been very aware during every session of all of the memory structures that are coming up for me, um, which I know you said is quite unique in the sense that some people don't really know, you know, how, um, the traumas are being kind of like nullified or um, erased. But for me, I can actually see all of the memory structures associated with the trauma flash before my eyes, literally like, you know, a Rolodex of information. Um, and so I'll find myself back in a memory when I was 16 or back in a memory when I was seven. And it will actually go in... Um, I mean, and this sounds quite remarkable, but you can take my word for it. It will go in chronological order perfectly almost to the month. Perfectly to the month. That is how much the brain records and knows. So when I worked with a memory that was around the surgery, I went backwards in chronological order from the date of the surgery to things that might have happened leading up to it by the month toward like age three finishing at age three and whatever it was that had been connected to that memory at that age. And I could see my brain showing me all those images in absolute chronological order. So that, that has been my experience every single time. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, part of why I'm, you know, very excited to be able to record this conversation with you is that I would say less than 5% of my clients tell me less than 5%, maybe like less than 3%, tell me, oh, I could see my brain search, like almost like searching and like almost searching, yeah, flipping pages yeah. or, you know, flipping through memories, almost like snapshots, right? Exactly. And, yeah. And finding the ones like, oh, here's one that needs to be neutralized or whatever or yeah. here's one that needs to be neutralized. And when I say neutralized, um, please understand we, we're not erasing memories. The memories still exist. Yeah. It's that we are reducing the emotional intensity around that. Memory exactly. So that it doesn't have to, um, operate like run us right when we reduce the emotional intensity the power of that memory in terms of its um the behaviors that it inspires in us or the responses it inspires in us goes down it's also decreased right because that's the way the brain works intense intensely emotional memories are always prioritized to the top Mm-hmm. Anyway, so so yes less than three percent of my clients will say oh I could see that happening almost like a Rolodex or like a calendar being spun Mm -hmm. backwards in time. And I could see those memories being found and neutralized. Very few people have that kind of clarity about what's going on. But I will tell you that everyone who does map sessions, that is the process that is happening, whether you see it or whether it feels much more, I don't know, opaque, you know? Ambiguous, yeah. Yes, 
um, most people will just say, oh, I had this memory from when I was 16 that I haven't thought of in a long time, or I had this, this other memory pop up for me, or this person popped up, or this location popped up, or, or this situation, right? It, so they may, they may have one or two key memories pop up for them. But they don't see the whole kind of Rolodex. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that was the most surprising and quite honestly shocking thing for me about the treatment. Um, You know, I couldn't really believe what I was seeing. And it wasn't just like one memory that I hadn't seen in 30 years. It was like a number of them all one after the other in perfect chronological order like it was almost mind-boggling and it did feel at times like my brain was this kind of searchlight looking over all these snapshots like literally as you said like you know looking for the right ones associated with whatever it was that we were treating um and I think that's why I have so much faith in this method and you know once you've experienced that you have a real deep understanding that something quite poignant is happening. I I think I remember you saying at one time that you felt like your brain was hovering. Yeah. It was like, it was looking for a memory and it it was, you you had the sensation of like, it was hovering, hovering. And then Mm -hmm. finally it it found it. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah. And and you explained to me also that um, in your family, I think you told me all the, all the women are, have psychic abilities. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. So this just to say that, you know, there's definitely something extraordinary about your abilities. This is not, so I'll just say this again, this <laughs> is not the uh, average person's experience of a map session, but I think it's really important to hear what you have to say about this because even if you aren't experiencing it, the way that you're describing here, this is what is happening. This is what your brain is doing. So these same instructions, you know, inspire the same kind of brain activity in different people. Now, in different people, your subconscious mind will take the instruction to the level that is safe and correct and, you know, for your highest good. So I can't say that everyone is going to process it like a hundred percent. No, that's all at the, uh, that, that is all determined by your own subconscious mind, right? How, how much, how deeply, how completely the processing will happen. Um, but, but the, the, the processing event or the way in which the subconscious mind is working is, is exactly the way you describe it. It's just that most of us don't don't have this kind of clarity. Um, so, given what you experience in sessions, um, or maybe aside from what you experience in sessions, what have you felt have been the benefits of these sessions that we've done, like we, we, we've done about four sessions, maybe yeah. describe what kinds of benefits you saw and how, you know, did you notice anything after the first session or the second session or? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, this is all quite personal, but I am happy to share it. Um, 
you know, I, it would be interesting to see if other people, you know, had kind of the same experience. Um, I, I have always really struggled with the need for connection. I mean, 24 seven continuously with romantic partners, you know, abandonment issues or being someone that's quite needy and that really needs communication 24 seven. And, and after the first session, which, um, was working around this kind of concept of, you know, being fearful of being alone. It actually ended up really hitting a lot of that inadvertently. So we hadn't particularly worked on kind of abandonment issues or, you know, being happy kind of without having that constant communicational intimacy with your partner. We hadn't addressed that directly. However, I noticed after the first session, which was just I mean, the first time it's ever happened for me, but actually in my relationship and the one that I'm still in now, I was for the first time able to not reply to a text. If the message hadn't really like sat right with me or I felt like maybe, you know, he needed to do a bit extra or whatever it was, you know, I maybe just didn't want to be in communication that day for my own benefit I was able to not respond that was one of the first times that I have not prioritized constant communication with someone the fact that was the first time ever that I've been able to do that and I think that was directly influenced by working with this concept of you know essentially like treating this fear of being alone it directly impacted my romantic relationship um and that was great and I think my partner who I'd been involved with for a few years at that point I think he was just like who is this like different person that isn't texting me a million times a day (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's fascinating how these behaviors are informed right yeah some fear there of losing contact or losing, you know, that, that, um, support, right. Feeling disconnected was not okay for you. Yeah. It was not okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then somehow after doing, you know, one, one hour session, something changed and you talked about the healing moment. So maybe, you know, maybe that was like a, a side effect of that healing moment is that suddenly you could relax about that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, now it's still difficult for me sometimes when he's not in touch like it still makes me very uncomfortable if he doesn't respond to text because he's at work but it's not unbearable in the way that it would have been you know and I think it's still probably an area that I need to do work with but the difference between now and then still holds up I'd certainly say that in the month or two after that initial map method that I was in a better place with that, you know, as other stresses come into your life and, you know, might, you might kind of slide down the scale a bit of kind of, you know, needing more of that intimacy and connection in a kind of way that is more comparable to before I had the session. But I, I still don't think it's at the level that it was, you know, now it's just uncomfortable. Whereas before it would have been intolerable to the point of literally not being able to put my phone down in the sense of, you know, there was no rationality behind like, is it, is this a good time to send a text or to 
make a call or there was no rationality. Whereas now my rational brain comes a bit more online. And even though sometimes I want or need that communication, I can kind of step in at least partially and kind of evaluate if it's the right move. You know, if if he's at work and I don't want to like bombard him with 25 messages, my brain will be able to step in. Whereas before that would have been impossible for me if he hadn't responded and I desperately needed that communication. Yeah. Okay. So you noticed that change after the first session. What have you noticed since then in terms of emotional, mental or physical changes? Yeah. I mean, I would say um, in my own experience, the most profound changes are always in the weeks following treatment. And it's why I will be regularly having MAP until I feel like, you know, I've really turned a huge corner because for me, I'm noticing that a lot of the things that I struggle with, whether it's physically or mentally or behaviors, are eased very much in the weeks directly following treatment. And then, as I said, I think what will happen, I so love your opinion on this, you know, other stresses will kind of come in and I'll kind of slide down the scale. Um, is that something that you've seen happen before? Yeah, I do think that with the MAP method, we can start to clear a given mm. pattern of behavior or whatever symptom or uh maybe it's kind of a, a mental habit or an emotional re, you know response conditioned response we can start to clear a pattern like that but it's almost like we can make we can start to clear it but after a few days or a few weeks the pattern starts to re yeah yeah right because we haven't, A, we haven't gotten to all the root causes and B, um, you know, and life is still happening. Um, And so there are, you know, stressors that are coming in that are kind of evoking some of those same patterns to to start to be laid down again. That's exactly how I have ration, how I've made sense of it. Yeah. 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 And so that is why I tell people it's like there's a cumulative effect of sessions. And often what we see is that the pattern, though it breaks down maybe for a few days after one or two sessions, it may break down for a few weeks after three or four sessions. And then it, you know, at, at some point, I don't know, five or six sessions or eight sessions or whatever it is for you, at some point, the pattern breaks down altogether. So, wow, that's, that's, it's very promising. It just takes kind of repeated, um, repeated work because we are complex beings and, you know, we've, we have (laughs) huge stores of memory and experiences and, and they're often, complicate you know there's often many different angles or dimensions (coughs) on that same experience and so we need to kind of come at that experience from different angles before it completely breaks down that's why that makes so much sense yeah that that really makes a lot of sense um because I would definitely you know relate to kind of you know having 
a lot um a, a lot of greater mental well-being and and physical well-being i mean for instance you know i think i've come to you before um having been in the midst of having physical symptoms that were brought on by stress and then in the immediacy of the days afterwards they'll just disappear you know they'll disappear after the session and that's happened a few times you know um like that's how powerful the sessions have been like i would have been having some physical symptoms that were brought on by stress we'll do the session and they'll they'll disappear right but i have noticed that the longevity of that you know for me personally will kind of be within the span or time frame of like a few weeks and then maybe things will kind of move further back towards a baseline and you know they'll you know i'll be kind of reacting to stresses again and that kind of thing but it it really is very promising to know that it works on this kind of culminative basis with breaking down the patterning yeah um so would you say that those physical symptoms are like the typical chronic ebv type symptoms that you have yeah yeah okay. yeah pretty i'll pretty much just get low grade flu like symptoms um for you know a few days a typical flare will be three to four days um they have been known to be longer if you know it's been a particularly bad bout of stress but in general it will be three to four days at the beginning of my healing journey um those flares would literally put me in bed for three to four days that's how ill i would feel but um in recent times luckily you know you just i'm able to kind of get on with things i just don't feel my best so what have you noticed if anything around your sensitivities um well i would certainly say that you know when we were doing sessions pretty regularly in the beginning of working together probably like once a month for about 3 to 4 months because i know we've probably done about 5 um i would say that after those three sessions that were all kind of grouped relatively close together most of my food sensitivities disappeared however in times of stress they will come back so again it's like it's this kind of very fluid spectrum Okay, well thank you for sharing everything that you have um shared with us today. Do you have any advice for someone who's thinking about the mat method and whether it's appropriate for them or is there anything you wish you had known before you came to your first session? Um you know, I would say if you're interested in the mat method to really um research EMDR only because there's so much more about EMDR online than there is on map. And I think through reading about EMDR you'll really gain a much better understanding of how the map method works because they work on such a similar premise if I'm right. Um so that would be my main advice to so, you know so that you can come to the session prepared. Um and also so you can obviously start to think about the things that you would like to work on yeah just just really do as much research as as possible yeah and of course there 
there are a lot of resources now available on the MAP Coaching Institute website, their YouTube channel, um, this podcast, Flourish with Neural Retraining, and also on, on my website. So I will include those, um, those web addresses in the show notes. Well, Tenna, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. Thank you so much. It's been so, it's been so fun to be here and, and talk about everything with you. Wonderful. Thank you again. Thanks for joining us for the Flourish with Neural Retraining podcast. Please listen again and remember to follow us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. To learn more about health applications of the MAP method of advanced neural retraining, visit our website, mindremapforhealth.com. To learn more about the MAP Coaching Institute, visit mapcoachinginstitute.com. Until the next time, be well and flourish. Content of this podcast, copyright 2021 by Twin Cities Neural Retraining. Music by Barbara Benn.